You're listening to Making Waves from the University of Portsmouth. I'm Trudy Monk. In this podcast, we meet Portsmouth graduates who drive positive change in their communities and around the world. As they share their journeys, you'll be struck by an overriding drive in each and every one to make a difference in the lives of others. In the past year, the pandemic has brought health and well-being into sharp focus. At the University of Portsmouth, these themes have long been reflected in our research, teaching and community engagement. We're proud of the contribution our research makes to understanding and addressing health challenges, especially now. And equally proud of the many Portsmouth students who enter and complete health-related programmes in order to meet the needs they see in their communities and beyond. In this series, we meet six graduates who are at the forefront of advancing health across a number of sectors, professions and locales. Whilst not all of them work in healthcare per se, all share a passion for enhancing well-being in our society. Like the university where they studied, these graduates are finding solutions to health challenges. There's no question that the alumni featured here are innovators in their fields. They found a way to combine their work with their passion to contribute. We hope their stories inspire you, wherever you are, whatever you do. In this episode, we find out how one Portsmouth graduate is using exercise to help communities tackle isolation and loneliness. So how can you create better health, well-being and connection during a pandemic? Rosario Barreto studied exercise and fitness management here at Portsmouth. But Vitality Hub evolved into something bigger. One of my clients has a rare lung disease and she went to the Royal Brompton and they basically came back and were like gobsmacked with how her lung capacity had improved so much. That's what kind of keeps me going, I guess. My name is Rosaria Barreto. I am the director of Vitality Hub. Um, I'm also a 2018 uh, exercise and fitness management uh, graduate, so part of the sports, health and exercise science department. Um, and I am looking forward to uh, sharing my story with you. Excellent. Thank you. So it's been uh, just over uh, two years since you graduated. So what is it you're, you're doing with your life today with your with your business? Um, so my business started in my final year of university. Um, it was part of one of my units, a professional development unit, um, which was a fantastic opportunity for me um, because I had the support of the student startup team. And um, I also had support from my lecturers um, who really helped me with that. Um, this Basically, my on, entrepreneurial birth. Um, I then decided to carry on the business um, once I graduated um, and despite um, obviously being a graduate and not having any money um, I needed a, a part-time job to kind of keep up with um, that side of things so I also um, coached at Seven Oaks School so um, Seven Oaks School has quite a, a good um, level of sporting ability um, and I was there as an athletics development coach um, and I was also running my business on uh, part time. So I 
so that all happened. Um, it was a very, I, I would say, a daunting time in my life because I was finally independent and um, I had to had no support. I'd moved away from university. I was really on my own when it came to starting a health and fitness business. Um, and from that, I've learned so much. I, I would probably say that the last two years have been the biggest two years of my life in terms of achievement and um, learning experiences and opportunities. Um, I've had the opportunity to uh, run retreats and um, I've also had the opportunity to work with amazing organisations and other individuals. Um, so just to kind of make it a little bit more clear, Vitality Hub started off as a your kind of average personal training um, business and um, that's that's how I started off with my unit and uh, whilst I was doing my dissertation and also another uh, unit of the degree uh, called physical activity prescription and promotion I really fell in love with supporting people who struggle with their health um, and may have specific clinical conditions that prevent them from doing exercise um, compared to most of us that don't have those conditions. Um, so, yeah, I fell in love with the aspect of sports and fitness and science and decided that I wanted to change my brands, change the business name and um, and really focus on clinical exercise. So that's what I've been doing for the last two years. I um, started off just with one to one clients and I'd, <laughs> I'd have to say that the first six months were very hard um, because I just thought I wasn't getting anywhere with my business. I was really struggling to find clients. Um, but as soon as I did, everything boomed and it just happened all so quickly. I then went on to um, work with other organisations like care homes, um, private hospitals. Um, I am currently working with uh, Kent Sport and Kent Centre for Independent Living. Um, so rather than taking the more traditional route of one-to-ones and group exercise, I've gone um, for more of a business-to-business -business, um, model. So, yeah, it's been an amazing two years. I can't lie. It's been very tough. Um, my own personal uh, anxieties and mental health has um, had its ups and downs. Um, and I but I would say that I'm very grateful for those um, kind of low moments because they make, really make me appreciate uh, the highs. And so you talk about um, the sort of uh, clinical exercise um and 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 care homes so uh that sounds that sounds really interesting and quite different from from the sort of normal as you say sort of personal training um so was it a particular um element of your course at the university that ignited your your passion for those subjects or was it just been sort of an evolution through working within the industry I'd say it's both. So um, in my final year, um, I, I mentioned the physical activity prescription and promotion uh, qualification uh, unit. And it was also associated with a GP referral qualification. Uh, and that basically uh, gave me the, the experience and the knowledge to um, go out in the world and work with people who struggle with 
arthritis, lower back pain, um, lung disease and a few other health conditions. And that that really fascinated me initially uh, from the get go. And from that, um, from working with individuals, I, it, it just uh, reinforced that passion to work uh, within that industry. Excellent. And so, um, I mean, obviously, there's a there's sort of a, a, a direct link to sort of health and wellness. Um, but you, you did touch on sort of mental health as well, but both your own and, and other people's. Um, so, you know, could you sort of share some share some examples, perhaps, of, of the ways you've worked with people and, and the results you're seeing and, and you know, how, how that motivates you, perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm sure you you and everybody else who will listen and read this um will be aware of um the like lo- the loneliness uh pandemic or epidemic that has happened in the last year um, so it's been a lot of the work i do is actually to do with tackling loneliness so um from my own experience i would say that i've I've been lonely in my life, despite being from a big family and having a, a, an amazing friendship group and and all of that. I have experienced loneliness in the past, and um, and I it's something that I really em- empathise, and a lot of my clients go through it mainly because of the the association with age and losing friends and family as you age, um, and also the fact that having a clinical condition can um, can actually affect your ability to uh, integrate with normal society. So a lot of um, people, maybe, I guess a good example is um, not being able to walk. So um, the fact that somebody can't walk may actually exclude them from social activities with their friends and family. And um, it may become, and that, that does affect mental health. Um, people may become uh, really disheartened and embarrassed by the fact that they they can't they don't look or can do the things that most other people can do and that basically uh, leads them into a life of isolation um, and then ultimately loneliness so um, I can't say that I've experienced it to that level um, but I have witnessed it with my clients and um, I guess that's why I don't really like calling them clients because they're all my friends as well um, because the relationship that you build with um, the people you're working with I see most of them twice a week every week for years and they know my life I know their lives um, and that's I guess the personal side where it's allowed me to become really empathetic to uh, loneliness. And then from that, um, the COVID uh, pandemic has has really, really increased um, people's awareness. Um, And it also made me remember why I started doing what I'm doing, um, which is why I also started... um, and kind of a new branch or a subsidiary of the Vitality Hub brand um, and have gone down a route of aiming to tackle loneliness through exercise and uh, a lot of the work I do at the moment is all focused on that so um, I guess good and bad things have come from the from the pandemic Um, I guess I've been able to help a lot more people people have recognized this because this is a loneliness and isolation have been around for years not just because of COVID but 
COVID has really kind of brought this to people's attention. So, so what what specifically are you are you doing um, surrounding tackling um, loneliness and, and and feelings of isolation? Because that sounds you know really really valuable. It's kind of funny story. Two years ago, I uh, applied for a pitching competition um, whilst I was at university, and um, completely forgot that I'd applied to it and didn't think anything of it. And about I think a few months later, I was a finalist, a semi-finalist in this pitching competition. And my business idea was to create an um, aimed at helping clinical exercise. At that time, it wasn't based around loneliness or isolation. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to the, I didn't win uh, my my group, um, which is why I kind of forgot about it. I left it alone. And then COVID happened and it reminded me why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I decided that I needed to, one, create an awareness about this and two, build up some um, money to be able to fund what I would like to do. So I started a crowdfunding campaign um, in June um, and raised over £8,000 of crowdfunding from various organisations, including NatWest, Home Instead, which is the biggest, the biggest um domiciliary care company worldwide um and um a few other individuals and uh, organizations so that was very successful not only because of the funding that i received but because of the awareness that i'd created within the community of care um and uh, longevity and aging um so that happened and my idea and my concept was to create a virtual support system using exercise so although exercise is fantastic for um your health and we all know that that exercise is great for your mental and physical health um i wanted to kind of put the emphasis on tackling loneliness so i guess what i usually say to people um or my uh, elevator pitches um Mature Movers, which is the name of the subsidiary, um, aims to tackle social isolation and the prevention of chronic disease in later life. And I guess that really sums it up because um, that's my goal um, and that's my aim. So a few months later, it was one of the hardest projects. Actually, I think it was the hardest project that I've ever run. Um, I managed to work with Kent University, Portsmouth University to do some research. Um, so I'm at a position um, with the Mature Movers um, project where I'm trying to build a virtual community of people who are over 60. Um, and we just really support each other. Um, and we do that through exercise. So we do um, about a 30 minute class. And after the class, we all catch up. Um, we talk about our lives, our week, gardening, uh, maybe house chores. Something that was a, a big uh, topic was how many Christmas cards they've got to write this year. Um, and you'd be gobsmacked. <laughs> My hand would ache by the time I'd done about five. But these, um, a lot of the mature movers are writing 150 to 200 Christmas cards. I know. Um, but it's things that, that kind of really keeps them going. Um, and a lot of these people weren't able to use Zoom or other video conferencing devices and platforms. So that's also been a huge achievement for a lot of the people that have been a part of the Mature Movers campaign. And 
that's I guess where where it is now um, but I'm hoping for it to grow get a, get bigger and just build that online community um, of 60 plus year olds who want to connect with other individuals who care about their health and also want to create uh, long lasting and meaningful friendships and that doesn't mean um, that, that that may may mean that they're not necessarily um, ever going to meet them in real life um, but they might just meet meet them virtually um and um yeah so i get i guess that's that's the mature movers project and i'm hoping to um try and build that up and develop an actual virtual a digital tool i'm i'm always told that i shouldn't say too much just in case anybody can't want to copy me <laughs> um but i um, I'm de- trying to develop a piece of artificial intelligence to kind of make this whole process a lot easier and really tailor it to clinical health. So um, I guess that that hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds it sounds amazing and, and really something quite different as well. And, and as you say, tackling more than just, you know, physical health. You know, you know, with mental health and if you say isolation and, and all of that, and uh, making a real community out of it. So that's amazing. Um, you also mentioned about um, sort of working with with care homes to provide um, exercise. Now, obviously, with uh, with COVID, that must have been uh, quite a challenge. How have how have you been working working with that? So um, just before uh, COVID, I had a few care homes lined up and I was talking to them about running uh, classes within the care homes and, um, and and doing bits with them. But of course, that none of that could happen. Um, I haven't managed to get into any care homes um, since March. Um, however, I have been working on ways to support them like recording YouTube videos for their residents to participate in. I've been working with um, AGK to provide um, like videos on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Um, And I guess at the moment it's just talking about how we can work together. So um, because of the digital delay uh, in ages, um, a lot of the centres and care homes don't have the devices and the means to provide any virtual support. Um, so it's been we've been looking and brainstorming at ways to do that. Um, another kind of route we've looked at is pre-recorded, um, and although pre-recorded support and um, fitness and exercise and 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 all of that is great um it's not as effective as live um live exercise because you don't get that chat you don't get that conversation between people and you don't get that interaction um so luckily um i will be doing um rather than a care home it's independent living um so i we have come to a an agreement of doing like a six sessions it's the the campaign is going to be called let's get moving again and I'm doing this with a variety of organizations and it's all about the idea of getting moving but not really realizing that it's exercise so we do uh we've come up with things like um hallway happiness which is just games within your hallway so uh, residents can stay in their rooms and um still play games and interact and move around um so so kind of still having that exercise stimulus um but whilst interacting with people with a safe distance and with covid um precautions in place 
Yeah, there's, there must be so, so many challenges uh, for you with, with, with COVID, both both this year and going forward, and, and until life maybe returns to some kind of of normality. Because I guess under normal circumstance, uh, you know, there would potentially be an element of, of, of physical contact between you and a client, helping them do certain exercises and movements. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's very hard um I've got much I've got very good at using my my words um (laughs) and um I've had to rely on um learning how to explain things in ways that people um, will understand because I don't have that physical contact with them anymore um I don't have the ability to touch anybody anymore which is a huge part of movement um and and kind of in introducing correct technique and correct posture so um yeah absolutely it's it's challenging but I'm a huge believer in nothing's impossible and I will spend hours and hours trying to figure out a way to get around an obstacle um and um that's something that I've noticed has been really important in the last uh year um a lot of organizations have just kind of given up um with the digital side of things or haven't even tried it because they're too fearful that it's not going to work or there's too many obstacles in the way um but I guess part of my mission is to be has been changing that mindset um and and just basically explaining that it isn't impossible i've worked with people who have uh, nokia bricks as phones don't have smartphones but i've been able to teach them how to get onto zoom onto a laptop how to download the software and how to um get on and sort out their sound and things all through a phone and that has been challenging but it, it, i guess patience is the most important thing when it comes to this um and despite having issues with that process some people get it within one um within one set of 30 minutes or over a 30 minute phone call other people it might take them a couple of hours to understand um so although it's tough and it's new and it is learning it's like learning to walk for for many people um it isn't impossible and i think that's what i want to resonate with a lot of care homes and care providers and um, independent living centres. Excellent. And, and, and with all these sort of challenges that have been sort of thrown your way, in addition to, you know, starting up a new business and branching out and trying to do something different, you know, what, what's been your motivation to keep going? What's, what's driven you to, to sort of just not think, oh, I'm just going to go and do something you know, easier? Oh, that that has crossed my mind many a time. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know if it's like this passion or fire within me. Um, I I try to kind of answer this question myself because a lot of people say to me, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you stay motivated and determined. And to be honest, I don't even know how I do it. I know that I love what I do and I know that I have always wanted to be self-employed um, from a very young age. I guess it might be a personality thing. Um, I've, I've always disliked authority. Um, <laughs> and by that, I mean, I don't like people telling me what to do. And I like I always think that I know a better way of doing something. Um, and that has its it has its flaws as well. Um, but. I guess it one is the, the the small rewards that I do get um and it is um it is rewarding from time to time um but as anything that um as any job or any relationship um or any experience you do the majority of the time is hard work and just n- 
questioning why am I doing this and then you do have that why on that one occasion and then it reminds you oh yeah that's why I'm going to do this and a really good example was um, just before Covid one of my clients has a rare form of a rare lung disease called LAM I can't pronounce the full version it's very long um and um it's like one in a million women have it so that's how rare it is and uh she's unable to use airplanes and um has to carry an oxygen tank around with her and um basically she has regular uh, lung checkups and goes through all sorts of tests and um she went to the royal brompton and they basically came back and were like gobsmacked with how her lung capacity had improved so much and they basically just said like we've not we've never seen this much improvement in such a small amount of time and it's those little things and her just saying Rosie this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you um and that's what kind of keeps me going I guess yeah that must be amazing to get feedback from people like that going you know it's made such a difference to my life you know it's you know helping me live better in, in every way I like solving problems I'm a problem solver and when I see an issue I, I I know that exercise has so many powers beyond what people think and what people know of um, and unfortunately um, uh, there's a big kind of emphasis around aesthetics and exercise and although that that can be important in many ways it shouldn't be the main reason to exercise and that's where I reckon I I think the the government and um health uh, organizations are kind of going wrong um is a lot of it is based on looks and um maybe your size and your weight and things like that and actually they are very, very little aspects as to what you should be worrying about and what you should be focusing your health on. And um, that's why I like the I like to emphasize the importance of mental health, because at the end of the day, your mental health can also help control your physical health. So if you're if you're working on making that better, then your overall health, happiness and your life um, your quality of life is going to be a lot better. Absolutely. Um, so sort of looking forward, post-pandemic, hoping we'll get there uh, in the not too far and distant future. Um, you know, you've obviously got uh, quite a few things going on, some more more developed than others. So what sort of outcomes are you are you hoping to achieve? What, what Where are you hoping your efforts are going to lead? Well, I guess I, I kind of look at the business um in two parts and I have the Vitality Hub side which is working with organisations and individuals to um, to basically improve the health of the the individuals involved and the participants and um, I just I guess my I guess a uh, one way of measuring that that level of success and, and how I'm going to achieve where I want to get to is by looking at how large my community is within the business and how many people I can reach. And I guess that's why Mature Movers is so important, because at the moment I'm at full capacity. I can't take any more um, organisations and I can't take any more clients, even though I would love to help more people. Um, and I always say I would do my job for free if I could. And um, that's 
had a huge influence on on how I can on on where I see myself going because it's something I enjoy um every single day so the mature movers part is looking at developing that that digital tool that artificial intelligence that's required and um I guess that's mainly about getting funding to to do that because it requires a lot of funding so um that's time and learning that's a lot of learning for me because I haven't been in a situation where I need to pitch to investors anymore uh sorry haven't need to pitch to investors I've never been in that position um and I've I haven't ever had to ask for a a certain amount of money and I'm learning a lot about um finances and and um, and trying to do these things to develop artificial intelligence and I guess that's my biggest barrier at the moment and that's what I'm hoping to achieve within the next year hopefully um, so that's how I look at it and that's where I want to go and they're my two main goals is to grow the Vitality Hub and Mature Movers community um, and work with as many people as I can to support their living and really change their lives and um, to be able to develop the tool to help more people um, and to, to reach a larger audience. Excellent and you mentioned about um, the sort of government and health in you know fitness industries um over focus on aesthetics but are there any other ways that you'd like people to do things differently that you think would sort of benefit the the wider community and and, and your line of work there's a lot I'd like everyone to do differently (laughs) Um, it's just where I'd like to focus what I'm going to say on I guess um I was recently at virtually at an uh, aging and longevity conference and something that really struck me was um invest uh so funding and uh, the agenda, so care care homes and care and ageing is a lot lower down than fishing. And I understand fishing is important. It's a huge part of the economy and um, things like that. But it's not as important as people's lives. And that's where there's a huge issue when it comes to health and ageing. Um so I think it's about prioritizing. And if you look at, um, if you look at, um, the NHS budget, they spend 5% of their budget on prevention. And that's just prevention. The rest is spent on treat, treatment. But if you change that round and if you, if 5% was spent on, um, treatment and the rest was spent on prevention we'd have a lot a much healthier economy we'd have um better quality of life people would live much happier lives um so i guess the biggest thing is um for me is where people are spending their money and budgeting um because there's a lot more prevention to be done and that's not happening have have you um stayed involved in the in the university at all are you are you working with any other alumni or students or is there a way they could get involved um yeah so i'm actually very uh, engaged with the university still i'm part of the university site program which is um about developing digital to- technologies in healthcare um so i'm reg- in regular conversation with some of the um the staff at the university i also am actively involved with the student startup um so the lovely ladies at student startup are always willing to help me when i have any questions um i apply to their alumni pit, uh, like uh, graduate 
um, competitions and um, and things like that. And I am also meant well helping mentor two of the sports and exercise science students um, with their professional development unit, which is the one I mentioned at the beginning. Um, and that was when I started my business. So um, I was the first um, person to kind of use the unit that way. Um, so nobody had started a business within that unit before. It was more like work experience. Um, and I think from that, people have had been able to kind of follow in my footsteps and try try new things out. So um, two of the young lads that I'm helping are also do, following a similar route to me. Um, focusing on different things like uh stroke rehab and um and other fitness aspects so I guess they're the main ways that I'm 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 working with the university and I believe I'm also part of the alumni committee now um which is a new um project that they've started so that I think that's going to be announced in January um and there'll be more information on that okay that's amazing um, and you talked about um, working with various people about developing this uh, this um, app for your mature movers. Are you uh, is that anything to do with the university, or is that sort of external to that? No, it is to do with the university. So um, the site project, which I just mentioned, um, they have they are basically dedicated to helping graduates um, and I think students with ideas so they've helped me a lot with um, funding applications and putting me in contact with um, lecturers who uh, specialize in uh, data processing so kind of the more tech side of things because I have no idea um, so they kind of help me with my questions um, and also just kind of forwarding me any opportunities that um, might help me develop my project further. It sounds like you've really been sort of a, a really good ongoing relationship with the university since you graduated and, you know, they, they've really provided excellent support um, to help you get to where you are and going forwards. Yeah, I would, I would, I, I am so happy. So it's quite funny because I wasn't going to go to university. Um, I was just going to get personal training qualification and kind of go down that route. Um, but it's funny because I had a friend from Spain doing an Erasmus at the university and um, the year before I was supposed to choose my universities and she needed somewhere to live. So I decided, yeah, let's, I'll come to Portsmouth with you. I'll help you find somewhere to live. And as soon as I got there, I didn't even see the university. I just fell in love with Portsmouth. And um, I just said, I came home and I went, mom, I'm going to go to that uni. And um, I went to the induction day and I heard Richard, who is the uh, head of the sports science department talk. And like it was just everything was right for me. The course, um, the course was perfect. There were no courses like it in any other university in the UK. Um, and um, just from there, I had some amazing opportunities throughout my time at university. And I'm really glad that I've kept in touch with um, Portsmouth because I, it hasn't been intentional at all. It's just happened, and I guess. Um, from building those relationships whilst I was there they've they've managed to carry on and that's not something I'm very good at so <laughs> um, I've been very lucky that those relationships have been sustained throughout. That's amazing it's really it's really lovely to hear that. Um, so is there anything else about your work that you sort of would like people to know that we've not already sort of talked about? 
Um, I guess I would love for anybody who uh, hears this um, or reads this to just contact me if they have any questions or would like to get involved. Um, I'm always looking for new, fresh ideas. Um, I've, I've got two part time employees now, so um, I, I and they're, they're great at kind of suggesting things um, and and kind of working on this with me. Um, and I would just love to collaborate with as many people as possible, whether you don't think even if you don't think there's a collaboration opportunity there, I promise you there is. There's always ways of working together. So. Um, I would just love it if anybody would contact me, email me. Please don't be shy. Um, I love a good chat. Um, so, yeah, that's it, really. So, yeah, I suppose just go, going forwards, um, obviously, with the app development, but also and, and also, uh, you know, various other things, you know, I, I guess, do, do you see it's sort of quite a, a sort of longer term relationship with the universities or sort of seem to be they're, they're helping you, but you seem to be sort of getting involved with them in other ways as well? Yeah, I definitely think it's a, a, a mutual relationship where um, they've offered a lot of support for me and um, I have been given back in ways, for example, mentoring and um, answering any questions. Um, I get both the sports department asking me for um, like little things. I recently had to record a video for them um, for... Oh, actually, I was I did like a lecture. No, I'm not a lecturer, but um, I had to record a presentation for the business students. So um, I guess it's a, a, a strong and healthy relationship that I have with the university. Um, and I hope that does grow. And I would like to come back to Portsmouth when this is all over, um, as I'm not based there anymore. Um, and and kind of visit everybody and have real conversations, face-to-face conversations, and maybe do a few more projects. And hopefully we can have some more celebrations and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it it'll be a, be amazing once people can actually sort of connect on a on a face to face level again, rather than I mean, Zoom's incredible. If I think you know, if it had been twenty years ago, it would have been a, a very different pandemic. But it, it's not quite the same as uh, that face to face interaction, is it? No. So when you think, look back on your time as a student at, at Portsmouth, you know, what, what do you think of? You reminisce. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I met my fiancé at Portsmouth, so um, I guess I it's, it's always going to be with me. Um, I actually, um, we met, I studied sports science, but he studied property development um and we met studying Spanish so I was a bit of a nerd and decided I wanted to do an extra more work than I needed and he um had to choose another unit um additional to his course and um that's where we met so um he actually surprised me and we went to we were supposed to be going to Cornwall and he said oh Cornwall's and Portsmouth's on the way why don't we stop off there and it absolutely is not on the way um but I'm oblivious to um geography and location so I believed him and we just went out we were just walking around and I think this is in October so October this year and then yeah got down on one one knee outside park building which is the building we met in and um proposed so it's been a huge part of my life aside from the uh the education um and um I would say that that is one of the biggest things that I remember and also just how much fun I had um I loved I, I was part of the netball 
um team so I was always out on socials and I think I went out something like three times a, a, a week in my first year every week without fail and I don't know how I did it because now I can't handle one night a week um so yeah no it's brilliant um and I just loved everything about it I love my lecturers um I couldn't I couldn't fault it which is I know it sounds crazy because um a lot of these things things can go wrong and um no, nothing's perfect but I did I, I always say that my years in Portsmouth were some of the best years of my life so far excellent and, and you meant you mentioned the lecturers what sort of impact do you feel they've sort of had on your life and and and, and the course and all of that um well I'm still in contact with some of them so um and Andy Scott has been a huge influence um with my career and my growth um he was the one that ran um both of the units that really influenced where I went the direction that I took and um has always been there to help me um and always asked me back to to do the like careers talks and and presentations um so he's been a, a huge influence and a huge help um somebody else who was just a, a great kind of support and who always made me laugh was um Zoe Sona so she was my tutor um and I guess Zoe was just one of those really really easygoing lecturers um who you could talk to and if you needed any like pastoral care um and then finally was Mike Rayner um so he was my business uh, le- uh lecturer and um Mike's always kind of supporting me on LinkedIn still so um I recently helped him out with um what as the business lecture which I mentioned um and yeah they're just they're always there kind of showing their support I get a few shout outs on social media which was great for my crowd crowdfunding campaign at the time um so yeah no I just had a great time and I'm very appreciative of the lecturers um that I had whilst I was there. Is there anything else you'd like to add um that perhaps I've not asked you that you would like to say? Um, I guess the final thing would just be like talking about social media and how that's really impacted um, and my success. Um, something that I started during uh, lockdown was a YouTube channel, which is something that I've really, really been meaning to start for a very long time, I'd say over six years. And um, I just I finally just said, right, I've got to go for it. And that's all about um, health and fitness for over 60. So um it's something that is quite um a big project for me because it takes up a lot of time during my week um and I just wanted to let anybody know if they had any friends or family or neighbors or if they're a caregiver um that I that they should that I'd recommend to look up my YouTube channel and um follow it for any advice um when it comes to movement and posture and just um any of my classes that I run so I guess that's a bit of a shout out to myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so that's um, just my name. Um, so Rosaria Barreto, or you can look up the Vitality Coach. Um, so those are the two kind of keywords that will that should come up. Well, that's really great. Thank you so much. That's been really interesting talking to you today and uh, learning about all the, all the ways you're helping people and, and uh, building your business. So that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Building Routine forging friendships and encouraging exercise. These are the cornerstones of Rosaria's work, and they work. Clinical exercise prescriptions can be vital in reducing the risk of chronic disease later in life and make for a happier one today. 
Thanks for listening to Making Waves. If you're enjoying this series, you can find more podcasts from the University of Portsmouth on this feed. If you'd like to get involved and make a few waves of your own, let us know by emailing alumni at port.ac.uk or click on alumni from the Portsmouth homepage. <laughs>